Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening and welcome to Good News. I'm Deacon Al Lundy and talking to you here on Catholic Spirit Radio. Uh, Welcome to everyone. Welcome especially to our new listeners in the Rockford area. We're uh, glad to have you aboard and hope you will tell your friends and neighbors about us as well. We have lots of great programming 24-7 from not only local uh, announcers, but also from uh, EWTN rebroadcasts. We have great, great programming, and it's all brought to you by volunteers. Thank you to those of you who took part in last week's Carathon. Uh, it was a great success. We look forward to doing that again next year. I think we've done enough this year, but we'll do it again next year and uh, raise some more funds so that we can continue to grow and uh, spread the gospel through the airways using Catholic Spirit Radio. We've also got a great website, and I probably don't talk about this enough. Go to our website at catholicspiritradio.com, and you'll find not only uh, lots of great programming, we've got podcasts of our, of our local programs, our, our uh, past broadcasts of them, but we also have a calendar of events from the parishes uh, that are within our listening area. We've got mass times. We've got adoration times, uh, confession times, all kinds of information, upcoming events, picnics, concerts, whatever, having to do with the Catholic faith. Uh, we have uh, um, notice of it on our website. We've got a prayer line. If there's something you need uh, prayers for or to be prayed over, we invite you to uh, input on our prayer line there as well. I've got a little uh, email uh, web bag. You can send your email to goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. And if we get your messages, we'll be glad to answer your questions about Catholicism or Christianity in general uh, here on the air uh, during our program. We're on from on Saturday and Sundays from 8 till 8.30. And again, happy to have you with us. It's been a busy, busy, busy week. Now, we record these programs a little bit ahead of time, not a long ways, but a, sh- a short distance ahead of ahead of schedule. And at the time that we're recording this, I just mowed my lawn. For all I know, by the time this airs, there will be snow on the ground, especially up uh, near the Rockford area at our northern end of our of our listenership. But uh, I mowed today, and oh my gosh, <laughs> I hope it's the last time for the year. But I got most of my leaves mulched, and and things are looking good. But uh, Man, it's cold out. It was really cold out. But it had to get done. Had to get done. So we did that. So we're getting the yard ready and the gardens ready uh, to put them to sleep for a while for the winter. What hasn't fallen asleep are my songbirds. So I've, I've put up, just this this last summer, I've, I've put up a couple of bird feeders. And if you've never done bird feeders before, it takes birds a while to find them and then to trust them. So they were probably up, oh, two weeks before any birds actually stop to eat. And now it's like a truck stop for birds. I mean, it's just, it's continual from dawn until dusk. And I'm telling you, these guys can, these little songbirds, they can eat a mound of food. So I've got one bird feeder. It's a, it's one of these tubes surrounded by a cage to keep the, keep the big birds out and keep the the squirrel birds out and things like that. And it's maybe, I don't know, maybe 18 inches tall and about, three-inch, four-inch diameter. So it takes a large margarine tub of seed, of bird bird seed to fill it, right? So how long do you think it takes them to empty that? 
Yeah, just shy. Day and a half. Day and a half. Now, I had no intention of wandering out in the snow of winter every day and a half to feed these birds. But it's one of those things, once you start and they start coming, you kind of have this moral obligation to keep feeding them. You know, I don't know that they'd starve without it, but I would just feel bad if they showed up and, and the restaurant was closed. So I figured that's not enough. So I have to put in another one, something bigger. So I put in, I put in one of these big dumper hopper feeders. Looks like a small house. Holds eight pounds of bird seed. Now you figure that's going to last more than a day and a half, right? Five days. Five days. They're going through eight pounds of bird seed in this one hopper in five days. Now I'm buying 25 pound bags. So I'm good for like three weeks. Bird seed is not inexpensive. This is like almost 40 bucks a bag. And I'm going through more than a bag a month. Plus the other bird feeder that I'm refilling every day and a half. You'd think I'd stop. Not a chance. Wife saying, you know what we need? A hummingbird feeder. Evidently, we're not feeding enough birds. So next summer, we're putting in a hummingbird feeder. And I think I'm just going to cash in the life insurance and, and buy bird seed. Oh my gosh. But it is fun to see them. And it's, they're, they're beautiful to hear. It, it fills my yard with, uh, with great music. Um, getting all kinds of different birds, which is really kind of fun. So now you have to have the bird books to identify what the bird is, right? So there's another investment. Well, that's not enough because you have to be able to see the birds across the yard. You need the binoculars, exactly, right? So had to invest in the binoculars. Well, now you need a camera because you get some cool birds. So you got to have a camera, right? This hobby is going to break me. I mean, all I wanted to do was add some birds to my yard, uh, floating around the garden, just thought it would be a nice little, you know, you got all the flowers in that. You need butterflies, you need birds, you need some bees. I just, I was, I didn't have enough birds. Now I have too many birds. I mean, they come in in droves. So, uh, but I'm learning, I'm learning how to do it right. I'm learning how to keep out the big nasty crows and things like that. And been pretty successful with that. Kept the squirrels out. We have fun watching the squirrels. Oh, we're teasing them something terrible. We put uh, uh, these deflectors or whatever you call them to keep the bird, to keep the squirrels out, and they're working pretty well. And and to where we're sending some some squirrels are learning to be flying squirrels. They're kind of off the bird feeder in inopportune moments. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Now, if I could get rid of the raccoons, and uh, and and that would be great. And the cats, because some of the bird seed falls on the ground. So the birds are eating the seed off the ground. So I'm, I'm feeding the birds and the cats at the same time. That was not my intention. I'll let the bird seed lay around. Can't leave the, the birds lying around once they've been attacked. That, that doesn't work so well. That, that upsets the wife. So anyway, that's when that's what my week has been like. I hope you've had a better week than that. I also had a flat tire yesterday on my way in to record, and so we're recording a day late. So um, we have potholes in this town. I'm not going to name the town. It's just a normal town, and uh, I I attract birds the way they attract potholes to our streets. And I mean, I it ripped a hole in my side. I mean, ripped a hole in the sidewall. It was that deep. And just uh, and they're everywhere, 
They're everywhere. Well, I shouldn't say they're everywhere. They're on the they're on the main streets. <laughs> That's we have good bike paths though. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness for that. We've got good bike paths, but Man, our streets are full of potholes. That really, that's depressing. Okay. So what are we doing here? Well, good news is all about good news, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we go over the readings from Saturday, from this Sunday's Mass, and uh, we talk about how they affect our life today. So our, our first reading this weekend is from the Book of Wisdom. Our second reading is uh, from the uh, letter of I just lost it. It's Paul to the, I should have this memorized, to the Thessalonians. And then our gospel is still Matthew. That's going to be changing pretty soon. We're going to be switching to a new year before too long. We're uh, we're closing in on Advent. That's hard to believe. We just have a few weeks left of ordinary time. And uh, ordinary time and Advent are going to end overlapping kind of sort of on the same day. So Sunday morning, uh, when we get to the end, the last Sunday of November, Sunday morning mass will be the last mass of ordinary time. Sunday evening mass will be the first mass of Advent. So that's 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 kind of a of a weird setup. We're going to have another kind of an unusual thing coming into Christmas, and that Advent's going to end and overlap with uh, with Christmas Eve and then into the, the vigil of, of Christmas day. So it's, it's all very, uh, it's all going to be very weird this year, but it'll, it'll be interesting, but we have these great readings. The first one from the book of wisdom, as I say, this the uh, second reading Paul to the Thessalonians. And the third one is going to be from, uh, from Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. And what we're going to talk about today really is being bored. It's okay to be bored. In fact, we should make it a point sometimes to be just plain bored in our life. Uh, we live in such a noisy, chaotic world, and uh, the news of the day doesn't help much. Uh, the politics of our country doesn't doesn't help us calm down much. We need to take time out to just be bored. Uh, God figured that in when He gave us a Sabbath. What a great gift! He said, "You know what? You work hard for six days. Take a week." And take it easy. Just be with me. Think about me. And uh, that's a great time to be bored. And and don't get hung up on whether that's a Saturday or a Sunday or a Wednesday. The whole idea is uh, this was a gift. This isn't a weapon to beat us up with. Uh, the whole point of the Sabbath was to just take a day out every week and focus on your relationship to God, your relationship to your family uh, and friends. I'm Deacon Al, and we're about to uh, look at our readings for this Sunday, the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our first reading is from the Book of Wisdom, and it reads, Resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for he shall find her sitting by his gate. For taking thought of wisdom is the perfection of prudence, and whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care, because she makes her own rounds, seeking those worthy of her, and graciously appears to them in the ways and meets them with all solicitude. The word of the Lord. I love how the author takes 
uh, this concept of, of wisdom, of gaining knowledge, and personifies it, makes, makes it into this, this woman of, of great grace and of great longing and someone who is there to serve us and who, someone who is there to always uh, be available to us, uh, resplendent and unfading. She's perceived by those who love her. So those who seek wisdom find wisdom. And I, th- I think that's an important lesson. We, we talk about you know, people being ignorant, and, and I don't mean that in a, in a d- derisive way, but in a, ignorance simply means a, a, a lack of knowledge. And there's all kinds of lack of knowledge. Uh, for instance, you could have what they call a vincible lack of knowledge, and that's where we are a vincible ignorance, and that's what we seem to encounter most often. That means an ignorance of things that you could know if you chose to learn about it. And so often, uh, I, I know just in, in apologetics and the questions I get from people about our faith or about the Christian faith, so much of it uh, comes just from vincible ignorance. Uh, it's things they could know if they simply looked it up, made the effort to find it. This is, these are not hidden secrets. The wisdom of our faith are, are clearly stated uh, in a number of places, and could be easily found if anyone made the effort to find it. But so often, uh, we don't. <clears throat> we rely on other people to tell us. And too often, we rely on, on things like movies and television shows and the Internet uh, to inform us of facts. And quite often, they're wrong, especially uh, when you get into the media. Uh, the role of media is not to inform. Uh, it's not even to entertain. The role of media is to sell product. And I don't care what that media is. It used to be that the news was kept separate from that, but that's not true anymore. The whole point of any media is profit. Sell a product. Product placement is what makes money in making movies. It's not the ticket sales. Uh, Theaters don't make money off of ticket sales. They make money off of popcorn. And in in a way, so does the media. They, they make their money off of the fluff, off of the pushing the product. And so don't expect to get well-informed on, on a topic from what you see in the movies or TV. I mean, if that were the case, you'd be, uh, you'd be really misled in our faith because so much of what you see in films ab- about uh, even the Gospels just so are utterly overly dramatized to where they have to change scripture in order to tell their story. So be very, very careful. If you want to learn about our faith, go to the, go to the uh, early church fathers, go to the readings of the, the doctors of the church, go to the catechism, go to scripture, uh, take courses at, at your local parish or your local church. There's wonderful Bible studies out there uh, from all denominations. Take part in what the church is offering if you want to learn about the church. Uh, do not go to the internet for information. Uh, that's just that's a quagmire of, of falsehoods. Uh, we don't even have time to get into all of that. But uh, go to the source. That's why we have a mailbag here. If you want to send an email question in, be glad to uh, to take a look at that and, and answer it here on the air. And as we get closer to Christmas, uh, that's when we'll, close to Easter, close to Christmas is when we get the the most questions because those major holidays have, there's a lot of misunderstanding uh, surrounding those paganism and things of that sort. Uh, happy to answer those questions. If you want to send them in to good news at catholicspiritradio.org. So our second reading today 
is a letter from Paul to the Thessalonians. And in it, Paul writes, We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Indeed, we tell you this on the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, with a word of command, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, console one another with these words. The word of the Lord. So again, Paul starts with wisdom. We don't want you to be unaware. We want you to learn about this. We want you to be knowledgeable in your faith. In the Jewish faith, they, they had, it had not been revealed to them what happened after death. And so uh, the common belief in the, in the Jewish faith at this time was when you died, you merely fell asleep, meaning they understood that death was temporary. But when you were to wake up, wasn't clarified because it hadn't been revealed. But Christ revealed that to us. And you can find that in the Gospels where he, t- he tells about uh, that his, his father's house has, has many rooms and that they're being prepared for us. He also talks about, uh, at, at his crucifixion, he tells the, uh, the good thief next to him that today you will be with me in heaven. So we know about uh, the fact that there will be, the souls will rise from the dead. And what we have here from Paul is really a much better explanation of what's going to happen on the last day. So through Paul, we we learn that those who died in Christ go first to to be with Christ. And then then at the second coming, those who are still alive who are in Christ will join them, that those who are already fallen asleep will go first. That's that's much more uh, accurate than, than what we hear from some of our our Protestant faiths out there have kind of a a weird way of of looking at uh, at how the final days are going to be, and they have it happening in all these various stages and multiple comings and goings of, of Christ. And uh, Paul says, "No, it's going to be a one time thing. Jesus is going to come for a second time. Uh, so he's, the first time was was before the crucifixion. He'll come again now uh, at the end of days." Uh, to call the rest of those who are uh, who live in Christ to be with him in heaven. So he's telling the, the Jews that he's talking to, uh, be aware of this change, okay? Know what's going to happen. Don't fear about this sleep, because now we know that this sleep is temporary and that actually when we die, our souls go uh, to judgment and those in Christ go to heaven. In our Gospel from Matthew, Matthew says, Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Again, we have wisdom coming into this. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, there was a cry. Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. 
Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came. and Those who were ready went to the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. So, again, wisdom plays a part in this. If you want to be strong in your faith, it takes wisdom. Uh, our, uh, out of our uh, the, the ten virgins who were wise, who were prepared for the coming, went to the feast. The ones who were unprepared, once the coming came, they locked out. Well, we don't want to be caught like that, but that happens when you don't understand your faith or know your faith. And so wisdom is, is, a, is a theme that runs throughout um, the Christian faith, as the Catholic faith uh, particularly. It's, it, it's a shame when some people say, well, faith means that, that you believe in something that you have no evidence of. That's not really the case. Faith is something that we have wisdom of, we have knowledge of, but it exceeds the knowledge. We know, we know through our faith even more than has been revealed to us. We have this trust uh, based on what we've learned and what we've experienced. But it all starts with, with a general knowledge, a general wisdom. And so we're being called to study. But that means taking time out of the rest of our day, being relaxed, being quiet, being in the moment with Christ through Scripture. And we're not good at that. We're not good at that at all. Everything we do today seems to convey a sense of urgency. Our phones constantly buzz. We rush errands uh, over, through errands into appointments. Even when the pandemic offered us a moment to stop, our lives were quickly filled with video calls and online shopping and sourdough baking, whatever you did to, to uh, kill all that extra time. Uh, we just don't seem to slow down. We need to learn to be bored. I mean, I think about what we did in, I remember, life before computers. Uh, many of you probably do as well. I, I remember television when we had three channels and they were all black and white. You know, things have changed rapidly in our lifetime. Technology, especially communications, cell phones. Uh, I remember when car phones, bag phones that you would carry to your car and, and plug in. So what did you do before all that? And then think about the people who lived before there were watches and cars, uh, what did they do? How did you let somebody know if you were running late? I had to run late yesterday because of a, a flat tire, but I was able to call in to, to John real quick and say, hey, this is what happened. I'm going to be delayed. But can you imagine what we would have, what someone would have done 100 years ago if their carriage lost a wheel out on a country road? I mean, you'd be stuck there, right? Um, but now we're just, we're rushing everywhere. People used to just sit and wait when they couldn't communicate. And what did they do? Well, they waited. They got bored. And that's okay. It's, it's, boredom is kind of a, a deep time. It's, when we apply it to our day-to-day -day lives, it refers to 
Moving through the day without constant attention to something else, not always worrying about the time or what has to be done next. Instead, attending to what needs to be done right at the moment. An example, a farmer makes sure there's food for the day. If there's hungry, if, if there's hunger, the farmer eats. I mean, he's, he's got his field prepared, right? He, he has his food ready. When the sun goes down, light becomes expensive. Perhaps it's created by electricity. Maybe it's powered by oil. Either way, there's, there's no chance to, to be late because no one is necessarily determined to be on time for anything. You just you deal with things as they happen. On the flip side, we've lost the art of just sitting and being bored. Boredom is rest. It's, it's like the birthplace of creativity. It's an opportunity to gaze into the distance and, and wonder about things and, and, and talk to yourself, have a conversation with yourself, have a conversation with God. We've demolished that. We've removed boredom and we've replaced it with this, this rush to be places and do things. Sometimes, sometimes we even turn prayer into a task that's no more than checking off a box on our list of things to do today. In our readings today, Jesus gives us two versions of who we can be. We can be those who settle in for the long haul, who are prepared to wait and be bored, like the virgins who came prepared with their oil. Or we can be those who plan for immediate gratification. It's it's no coincidence that in this gospel, it's paired with the first reading about wisdom. Taking, Taking thought of wisdom is the perfection of prudence. And whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care because she makes her own rounds, seeking those worthy of her and graciously appears to them in ways and meets them with all solicitude. You cannot demand wisdom. You have to go out in search of her. Wisdom is, is never late or early. It, it arrives when, when it needs to be there. But we're called to be like the young women in the gospel who have the capacity to sit and wait patiently, holding their extra oil and, and content to be still without, without entertainment or specific purpose. They're, they're just called to be bored. The next layer on this parable is that the young women who, who received the bridegroom are not just comfortable being bored. They're prepared for things to take time. They packed for it. And instead of growing tired of waiting, they remained alert. They did not let the world lull them into wandering off to do the next thing. They have the ability that, that feels foreign to us today, the ability to practice patience. It's a tall order. But we are called to be patient. We're called to be bored. This Sunday's reading gives us concrete marching orders. The next time you feel bored or impatient, think about the young women waiting for their lamps. The kingdom of heaven is populated by those who are able to sit in their own skin without being productive or distracted are concerned about time, but have prepared for the journey ahead. This is Deacon Al on Catholic Spirit Radio, bringing you good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and inviting you to tune in to Catholic Spirit Radio 24-7 for all of our great programming. We'll talk to you again next weekend, and until then, may God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life.
Amen. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.